0: All right, everybody, welcome to volume number three of the crossover edition of Locked on Avalanche and Locked on Lightning. The series is now three to one, obviously in favor of the Avalanche, but this thing is not over. And I can probably speak for Kyle when I say, you know, until the Avalanche have four next to their name, then we'll celebrate because it's the lightning. They have two championships. This thing is far from over. Denker's here. Kyle's here. Crossover. Let's do this.
1: Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Game five, two nights in ball arena, Denver, Colorado. The Colorado Avalanche can end the Stanley Cup final with a victory, but they have, of course, Tampa Bay Lightning in their way, so why not get another crossover in to talk about what happened in Game 4, look forward to Game 5, maybe beyond, who the heck knows, but uh, thank you for tuning in, everybody, making this your first listen. That's always appreciated. I am Chris Maselli, along with my good friend, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. We are hosts of Locked On Avalanche, and then we have Adam Denker here as well. He is a host of Locked On Lightning. Let's look back first before we look forward at that game four. Still, just a a fantastic game. It it was that's like I said yesterday with Kyle. That was what you want to see from a a Stanley Cup final standpoint. Great game, great back and forth. No one team really had a hundred percent command. I think feeling like an Avalanche fan, they were maybe, as the game went on, they kind of took control a little bit more than the Lightning did. But I want to hear from Adam first. What's the takeaway? We'll get to the the whole too many men on the ice stuff in a minute here. But just a day removed from that game, how are Lightning fans feeling? What's on the mind?
2: I would have to say probably at
0: least a lot of Lightning fans are genuinely
2: genuinely optimistic uh they still think the lightning could pull it off i mean you have to somewhat be optimistic uh, you know two-time defending stanley cup champions uh show that they could do it show that they they that they could pierce the armor of the avalanche uh, in game three uh as for me personally uh i don't know, if, you know maybe some of the people whether it be on your side or my side got a chance to catch the last episode uh, and one of your fans actually uh funny enough put it that there was some pain in my eyes uh after that um those are the needles that you stuck in there on your own I, guys it, it was for me at least uh after doing three of these three years in a row emotionally drained uh, hmm. Physically drained. Uh, I was as tired as the Lightning were on the ice during that game, and and I think that this is you're going to hear me say that a lot throughout that, this this episode because that's really what the name of the game was. Um, I I I just think that you know with the Lightning. What it comes down to it is that they ran into a team who is. One of the best teams in the league. I said the best team that the Lightning have played in the last three years, whether it be in the playoffs or in the final. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche right now are the cream of the crop in terms of opponents that we have faced, and it, it's just a it's just a a, a very. Lucky time in terms of amount of games played versus, you know, not as many because Lightning, it's been very well documented how many games they have played, how many Mm -hmm. roads, different roads they've had to travel the last couple of years uh, from going in the bubble to to playing frequent schedules and and just going through the the, the rough road of repeating. And then once again, this year. you know it, well, it's been tough on this team and then and the you guys too. yeah yeah and it's the east and then on the other side of that and i'm not saying that your road was any less less easy to go through but the avalanche have only lost three games and then when you lose only three games in the span of a playoff well, yeah, that means you know what you're well you're way more rested you guys had eight days off and i'm not using that as an excuse but i think you know no. whether we look at this this series whether you know the avalanche do indeed win on friday and, and clinch or or if the lightning do come back i think we're going to look back on this series and see one team w- who is barely clinging on in terms of fatigue and then another team who was very well
0: rested and and could do a lot of things uh almost anything they wanted to out on the ice well that's a, the thing that we said at the beginning kyle was you know the avalanche obviously have a a smoother road to a cup final and you were thinking it was going to be Calgary that they were going up against in the Western conference finals. Uh, And whoever came out of the East was going to be beat up a little bit. And in that aspect, however, I am still glad it's Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay is not going to use that excuse. Tampa Bay is going for three in a row. Their season, they've been through all of this stuff before and they're not, I haven't heard this at all. You know what I mean? Like it's not that Tampa is like using as an, as an excuse, but, no, Colorado used their rest to their advantage, and that whole rest versus rust thing doesn't apply to them. So, uh, you know, th- this was—I don't think that you know—that's the reason why the Avalanche are up like they are. I just think they are just rolling right now, and and Tampa is running into a, a team
1: that's on it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, yeah. also like what you were mentioning, Adam, about how you felt? Um, do you kind of think this is a heavy as the head that wears the crown kind of scenario? Like the well, Lightning have played extended hockey two years in a row, going like this is their third. Do you not feel like the Lightning are kind of feeling like they're an older team? Like they've been around the block a time or two. Do you yeah. not feel like? going up against this avalanche squad that you're just they're kind of taking that breath and saying do we have it in us one more time looking at each other saying can we do this
2: i think they do i think um after game three there was definitely some soul searching to go on i i i think we could look back at the comments if you really wanted to and, and see that nobody at all was happy about how that game turned out in game two. And, and, you know, going to game three, like I said before, they proved that they, they know how to get to the avalanche. Um, But at the same time, now that we saw what happened the other night, um, you know, getting out to a two, one lead going into the third period, uh, the game was right there for them. And it was only a matter of weathering the storm and being able to keep up with the avalanche. And, and this team is confident. They know what they're capable of. Uh, Sure. Yeah. and, and they've had to face some tough teams. You know, sweeping the Presidents' Trophy winners aren't exa- isn't exactly an easy task. Um, but I, I just I just think. Um you know, they've they've this time around because I've spoken about it all season. I spoke about it in the couple episodes that we recorded. Is that this team has a tendency to dig holes for themselves, whether it be in a game or sometimes in a series, which we saw in the Ranger series. And I think honestly, this time, and I'm not saying that the series is over, but I think uh, you they've definitely dug themselves uh, probably a, a very very big hole uh, to yeah. to try and climb out of this time.
0: Well, Elliot Friedman uh, loves to use the term uh, you got tampered you know i mean like he uses it all the time and and, you know for those that really know what he's talking about it makes all the sense of the world for this series he all he's saying is tampa got tampered and it's you know how the avalanche are winning these games and we'll kind of focus on the two close ones the two blowouts are what they are but the two overtime ones that's how tampa's been winning yeah and now the flip the, the script is getting flipped and it's the Avs, kind of you know cu- you know being down a goal tying it being down another goal and tying it then winning it in overtime like th- the, that's that's kind of like the lightning mo hang around hang around and then we have yeah. the the stamina and capability to, to beat you and i also want to point out quickly you had said it in crossover number one you brought up the ice Issue mm-hmm. if there was going to be a nice issue, I kind of and, and load the whole the other a little night. bit I did, man. I was like, <laughs> no. that's that's not that's not going to be anything, we're you know, but uh, Nazim Kadri tagged it as garbage. Um, uh, you know, they both got to play on it, it's not like it's going to favor one team or the other, but uh. Hat tip to you, my friend, because you kind of saw that one coming, especially in Tampa. You didn't really think it was going to happen too much in Colorado, but you had said, if we go back to Tampa, I'm kind of concerned about the ice. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I I think that I kind of figured that was going to happen. And um you know, it kind
2: of brings back memories of 2004 because when Calgary and Tampa were playing in the finals, that's all Calgary was talking about throughout that series about how bad the ice was down in Tampa. And and that's what was talked about a lot in 2019 as possibly a contributing factor to them being mm. one of the, the highest scoring teams that teams weren't able to skate on that ice. Obviously the technology is better now than it was in 2004, but, um, I wouldn't be surprised, like on the other side of that, going into Colorado, Colorado with this team that's so fatigued right now because, let's face it, it is what it is. I mean, Tampa, they have a tough task of not only trying to have this mind over matter mentality but now you're going back into the mountains of colorado and and you're gonna have to deal with that altitude which uh we saw them struggle with in the first two games uh, and, and i kind of want to throw something at you guys because uh we were talking about it a little before uh you guys were having the the discussion prior to the game about kemper versus francois how concerned were you guys about kemper going into the game and how how short was the leash on Kemper if if things
0: kind of got out of hand early on? Oh, about the size of my computer screen is how (laughs) short that leash was. was. It was very short. And, you know, the way that this game started, yeah, with with Tampa scoring in the first thirty something seconds, you know, you'd be lying to yourself if you're an Avalanche fan saying like, "Oh man, like, here we go." Even considering how the goal was scored, you know what I mean? Yeah. It really wasn't his fault, but that's that's messing with his mind. Uh, so he really settled down, and and I, I want I want Kyle to go because he's he's Team Frankie. Yeah, but he he, you know, he'll give credit where credit is due, and you have to for the way that Kemper played.
1: Yeah, uh, it was one of those like that that goal that he let up was ugly, even though he didn't have a mask like you were like, okay, here we go. This is this is where Frankie comes in and like the Twitter space. They were erupting saying, here we go. You get your Mm -hmm. chance. Here comes Frankie. But at the end of that first period, it was just one nothing and they were getting outshot 17 to four you could yeah. you could you could visually see Darcy getting comfortable and setting in and like the defense starting to trust him a little bit seeing that hey okay he's got us and you could see the whole game changed because of his confidence and believing in himself and at the end of the game I was like wow Darcy really pulled it out for us like that was a great performance from him yeah like so i i said it in the space and i'll say it now um if he continues to play like that we will not see Frankie, just like we tonight. won't see McDermott. So we could Steve. stop asking for him. <laughs> we'll see Frankie in October.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Let's hear from Bet Online, and then everybody's wanting to know. I'm sure our thoughts on the uh, John Cooper comments and the too many men on the ice. So uh, we'll definitely get to that, and then of course look forward to Game Five, which is tonight. But first, BetOnline.net your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find. All of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, Major League Baseball, and BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your scores, podcasts, news for this season. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in all of, on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. And I should have known beforehand. We we, we should have put some money down on the Knicks to just mm. do something stupid. I, I, uh, I that should be a bet at BetOnline.net. Will the Knicks do something stupid? Yes or no? I mean that that's a that's a it's a home run bet if you want to put that down. But you know you can put it down next year too because it's sure to happen. <laughs> year after. and the year after that and the yeah, exact. Yeah. Uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It's betonline.net where the game starts. Too many men on the ice. <clears throat> it is one of those y- y- you there's no consistency to it. Um, and I had put up on Twitter saying it's the NHL's version of holding in the NFL. You could call it all the time and it's only really called when it is pretty egregious Uh, Cooper well here you go Kyle and I I, I had to do something for Lockdown today after the the, the game was over, uh, which wasn't immediate. It was maybe like 10, 15 minutes after the game was over. I did that. That was like a 5, 10-minute segment. Uh, Kyle and I record our show. We have some banter before and after we record the show. I edit all the show down. I put it up on YouTube. I put it up on you know the audio channels, all that fun stuff. And then John Cooper... Says uh what he said. He didn't come out and say, you know, it was too many men in the ice, but he said, just you know, when you see the tape, you'll know it. And then because that was it, people were then like scrambling, like, well, what's he talking about? And then they had to be like, Oh, too many men on the ice. That's my issue, is this was nothing nobody was talking about until John Cooper went in front of the cameras and said, Well, go look at it. And then people were like, well, I guess we should go look at it. If it was so egregious, people would be calling it out from the jump. And they weren't. Why? Because it's a speculative call. And if you rewind that game, go to the beginning, what happened on that last play probably happened 15, 20 times during the game. And what he did was he threw it out there. Now you know people take it and run with it. And now this is what we have. And I think that's unfortunate because he did come out the next day and kind of backtrack a little bit. Didn't say to anything to the effect of like, I don't know. It was weird what he said. It wasn't like I, I, I'm taking it back. But he he did say, like, my emotions got the best. of me. You know, he is a lawyer. This is he is. Well, he used to be.
1: He used, used to, be. to be a lawyer. So, yeah, he was actually cast. He,
0: he was uh, cast for Liar Liar before Jim Carrey. But he gave up the role <laughs> to become a coach. Um, and. <laughs> I mean, and I can understand the frustration from Lightning fans. I'm not trying to be like, well, you know, it favored the Avalanche, so therefore, like, screw you guys. I just feel like that is a call and that is a play that doesn't get called a lot. And the way that that game was going, the refs were calling nothing. They were letting so much stuff go. And if you're going to let cross-checks and trips go and then you call that stuff – in overtime in the stanley cup final game you're gonna have an angry fan base so but i get the lightning side of it too what's tampa bay fans saying the day after uh they're frustrated
2: uh, and understandably so and and you know there was the case uh, you know i i I'll tell you my side of it. I, As soon as I saw Kadri celebrating in the avalanche run over to him, I turned off the television and went to go record my show. So, like you, once I was done recording the post-game episode, I also saw what Cooper said. And this is actually the first time I'm going to address it. So, I saw your tweet. I believe it was either late last night or early this morning where you said there was a reason Cooper said that to get a rise out of people so the refs will possibly approach game five a certain way, maybe nitpick a little bit on the penalties. Uh, I could see the reasoning for that. Um, I also do agree that maybe he got, his his emotions got the best of him, um, but I'm gonna say this to Lightning fans, and they're definitely not gonna like this, we were gonna lose that game anyway. The way the Lightning were playing after the Hedman goal, and, and I said this to Kyle and, and Chris before the show, yeah. The Lightning had a good chance to put the game away after the headman goal. And I know that's a little crazy to say that because this is still only 12 minutes into the second period. You still have a whole other game, a bunch of game left. But you could see at that point in time, the Avalanche were starting to gain momentum, the ice was starting to tip in favor of Colorado and lightning were gone in terms of energy levels. And and if they could get another quick one at that point, then you would have felt a little better. Maybe there would have been some more momentum. But then you go into the third period and they come out flat. And then you could see this is almost mm. like a repeat, an absolute repeat of game two going into it. it was actually a miracle that this game went into overtime uh, because I really thought Colorado ah. were going to come back and score. I mean, Vazzy was playing fantastic. I think that was the only reason but why.
0: Dude, I I got to say, like I, they did. like In the third, the, the Lightning came a little bit flat. Avalanche came out flying. Yeah. But once the Avalanche got that goal, I thought the Lightning defense really tightened up and played very very well they didn't seem like they could get much going offensively no um, that was a the problem they were playing on their heels though they
2: were they're right. defaulting to defensive hockey which let's face it if you look at the last two stanley cup final opponents of the lightning those were both defensive oriented teams for the most part and look what happened they were they, I, yeah. they barely made it five games so and look where I we are now if,
0: if, if, if I was, like, in, in your shoes, I, I probably would be phrasing it as to say, like, uh, I, it doesn't surprise me the Avalanche came out on top because they were just – rolling you know especially in overtime I and mean, in the world of hockey it's like anything is possible as well as think, the Avalanche were playing you right. know anything a turnover a quick turnover and the lightning go and, and they win this thing but because right. the Avalanche were so dominant and then they got that goal you're like okay like you kind of saw that coming I think I is how but I would kind of think if it I was a lightning fan
2: I but I also look at it this way Chris and, and maybe Kyle you'll agree with me is that as Yes, it, it, all it takes is one lucky bounce for for the game-winning goal to be scored for the other team in that matter. But the Lightning could barely even get the puck past their own blue line coming out of their own zone. That's how tired they were. By the time they were able to gain any momentum, they were already getting picked apart at mid-ice by, by your forecheck. And, and you know, as as great as Vasilevsky was playing at that point in time, because he was – He wasn't going to be able. Just the way this team was playing, down the middle especially, and you could see it with each sequence going on, McKinnon was starting to get more and more momentum down the ice. I mean, they showed a stat at one point. He was going 23 miles per hour at one point down the ice. So. I, I mean, and, and they've done a pretty decent job of keeping him under wraps th- throughout the entire series. And, and you know, that especially when the opposing team superstar is starting to get runs down the ice such as that, because the lightning, uh, I said it before the Stanley Cup final. I'm more scared of of McDavid and the Oilers at that point because they got torched by McDavid. And McKinnon is not that different of a player in terms of speed and, and aggressiveness and puck handling. So, you know, that I was it either it could have happened on the quadrigal or it could have happened at, at some puck getting thrown out of the zone on a shot at the blue line. If the lightning ever got into the attacking zone and then you have a horse, you have somebody trying to chase a uh, down the ice. Mm-hmm.
1: And I have a insert Spider-Man meme here. I have a point for both of you. So I'm not pointing <laughs> at both um, to Chris when he's talking about Cooper. Um, mm-hmm. If the avalanche would have ended up losing that game by one, i do not believe Jared Bednar would come out complaining about that mask being removed from Darcy Kemper and play continuing. There would not be a no, I think he would not that be right. it's all right. yeah. yeah. and <laughs> there was not a call on the ice and it's not like you can go back and retroactively get in there and right. affect that game like there was nothing to be achieved by Cooper's comments so you wouldn't have Bednar reacting like Cooper did if the roles were reversed and to Adam's point about the lightning they're sitting at 1 for 14 on the power play in the Stanley Cup. That's gone from a frustration to a burden at this point. And yeah. when you're when you're sitting there and you can't get ozone time and you're on the man advantage and you can't convert, I think that doubles down on burning through your gas tank. You're you're not just physically exhausted, you feel like you can't do anything to get by them and it's starting to weigh on you. And I I definitely noticed that after after that goal like the Avalanche were just living in the ozone, and it was very hard for Tampa to do anything. I w- wouldn't go as far to say Tampa would lose that game anyway, but it was the chances for Tampa were few and far between. The deeper that game went on, and, and yeah. you and, and you couple all of that,
2: and if you look at the stats right now, Nikita Kucherov was a non-factor in this game. Mm. Two shots on net, uh, was deferring to his teammates more time than he normally does. I've spoken about this with you guys before, how it really gets, you know, you love to see him distribute the puck around because he draws so much attention. But there comes a time and place for that to where he almost forgets that he could also has this otherworldly scoring ability. And uh, some of that could be attributed to his injury uh, from, game, from the previous game, which we're not going to get into what happened at the end of that game because what's done is done. I'm not, listen, it was the emotions of the game, of an ugly game. It was that is probably the most dangerous time for any player at that time in place. But um, he needs to be better in that situation. You you know, as much as you love to see Victor Hedman and, and Anthony Sorelli getting involved and, and God knows the Lightning need those guys to get involved, you need to have your big guys step up. Stamkos, who did a fantastic job on the defensive side of things. But we also unfortunately need him to step up and, and do some more things on the offensive side uh, and Kucherov as well, especially when you're missing
0: Braden Point. Yeah, he's he's a big loss. Uh, have they said if he's playing in, in five or or no? Uh, last night uh, during the game they
2: said possibly six, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in. But then again, you know, I I, I was going to bring this up on the show tomorrow before the game, but I look at it this way. You know, you're kind of seeing a, a, a kind of si- situation as what we saw in the Rangers series. Uh, you elect to, to play Ryan Stroman, then he's out for the rest of the game, and then you're left with a – with one less forward you know if you start yeah. point that's great but a if he's ineffective on the ice it's just another body and b if he has to come out then you're down another forward uh i think you know and and, and i don't know what you guys have seen but i think that riley nash has played fantastic in this series from what the yeah. role he has been thrown into obviously he's not here to fill brayden point spot in terms of production but sliding in and out of the lineup as often as he's he has uh you know you got to give props to him and and I think he does a fantastic job and and listen you know it is a must win game of course but if if Braden Point can't be Braden Point then I would just leave him out
0: of the lineup we'll see all right let's look ahead to to game 5 um, you know what the avalanche need to do what the lightning need to do what's uh, again what's going on in the circles of Tampa Bay uh, Kyle and I were saying does it? Does any? Does it either team really need to do these massive changes? I mean that that was a game that I feel like could have gone either way. Yeah, we talked about how the Avalanche were maybe a little bit in more control, um, so, but I don't think the the changes from the Lightning side need to be so massive <laughs> and a complete overhaul like a, like the seven to nothing game. Um, what what are they? What are they? Doing? I mean, is it just? Is it roster? Is it injuries that are, are kind of hurting them right now, or is there I, something specific that they need to change? I think
2: what you might you might see in this game, especially if you see it early on, um, you know, really the Lightning played a very good game. Like I said, up yeah. until this the late the mid second period, even before the Headman goal, you started to see the tide shift, which was why that Headman goal was for at least me com- came completely out of nowhere. The fact yeah. the way he raced up the ice and highlight. Real goal right there. Uh, I think what we're going to see out of Cooper, uh, especially early on, I think we're going to see some short shifts. I think he's going to really mm-hmm. try to manage guys because you're you're starting to see the fatigue. Like I said, st- like I said at the top of the show, you're going to hear that word uh, quite a bit right. from me in this ser- okay. in this in this episode. So I think we're going to see some short shifts, and, and I think uh, we're going to see him sort of manage guys over the course of the game. Um, you know, playing Kucherov early a lot uh in the in the other series is you know at, at going into the into the conference final kucherov was almost averaging close to over 28 minutes a game and uh, you know okay. you're, so you're going to start to see guys kind of maybe have short shifts and then start to stretch them out in the third period
0: so almost like preparing for the end of the game you know especially yeah. in the altitude uh just you hang around as best you can uh, through the first sec. Don't let the Avalanche, you know, get two, three, four goals and just hang around and then – uh, use your big guns yeah. a little bit heavier in the later periods.
2: And, I can see that happening. Yeah, and, and the one thing that really I thought was a difference maker from the Lightning, which and I spoke about on the post game show, what, was that when the Lightning do positive things early on to kind of make adjustments to teams, they have a knack for getting away from that as the game progresses, mm-hmm. and the one thing that they did really well in this game that I thought really gave them a good chance early on and kind of slow your boys down was the way they cleared the puck normally we see teams obviously off the glass along the boards on the side of the ice but you saw them flipping it up the ice towards Kemper uh, kind of forcing the the, the avalanche to stop uh, see what's coming up ice and then reorganize themselves and go And, and now you're talking about five seconds right there of of the avalanche you know kind of almost as if you're you're sort of running out the clock in a way of hockey but at the same time just you know it's kind of like holding the ball in basketball as well you know until three seconds left on the shot clock which i thought was very good um and and allowed the Lightning to also organize themselves and kind of get somewhat of a semi-breather well
0: what's up what's up with their power play yeah. What, what is wrong with the power play? <laughs>
2: the problem is that they're not aggressive enough. Um, and it goes to it goes back to the one guy who is really the lifeblood of this this power play. And that's Kucherov. Uh, not enough shots on that. Uh, very timid. You know, there was a couple of times during the game last night where he had more than enough space to rip one off and had a good angle and he would either elect to pass or go and deeper to the goal line and then kind of try to make these 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 weird angle shots where you're you're basically it's the flip of a coin at that time you know you, you're not relying too much on your on your on your skill at that point and also that the lightning have have not really done a good job of, circ- of cycling the puck and setting themselves up for shots uh even last night i'm sure you guys noticed it stamkos didn't really have enough chances in the circle that's his bread and butter i didn't really see a lot of that and and that's that's what i'm talking about when i say this team gets away from the things that work um, they, they, they last night were, were letting the flow of the game get to them instead of just going out there and creating
0: their own momentum. I uh, real quick, Kyle, uh, Kemper sometimes struggles with, you know, rebound control. Mm-hmm. So you can throw shots on like it, uh, maybe the lightning, how, how Kyle and I say it all the time, like sometimes the Avalanche try to get a little bit too cute. I think a lot of teams do this for, for the power pay. They just try to get a little bit too cute, find that perfect shot rather than just throwing a shot on maybe getting a rebound. The lightning can do that against Darcy Kemper. He's known to give up some juicy rebounds and kind of, you know, your, your guys that are doing the dirty work for the lightning could clean those up, but you're right. It doesn't seem like they're really pulling the trigger on any of these uh, power plays.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's not good. I don't want to call it like bad and atrocious, but it's to a level like you're giving up shorthanded goals and like this is the Stanley Cup like that That should not be happening and, so. on, the other,
2: and on the other side of that the, they, they go on they're a team that draws enough too many penalties as it is and and when you're taking penalties like that against a team like the Avalanche who have capitalized who have scored more than half of their goals in this series yeah. on the power play that that's not a recipe for winning
0: yeah. No. Uh, all right. Well, we got to end this thing with predictions, so I'll save Mr. Denker for last. Uh, I'll start with uh, Shaggy.
1: What do you What do you think this is going to be? The Avalanche wrap this thing up on home ice? I've said since the first crossover, this was a, going to be a five-game series, and they dropped game three. I'm sticking to my guns. This is going to be a five-one Avalanche win. Five-one. Mm. Wow. Okay. I should have asked you that
0: too. I mean, is is Vasilevsky getting pulled, or is he? No, I'm kidding. I think Elliot's playing Game Five. <laughs> yeah,
1: Brian Elliot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: I, I. You know, in the beginning when we did our uh, our, our picks before the the season, the uh, series started, I you know hedged my bets and said five or seven, just going off of I just wanted the Avalanche to win it on home ice. Yeah. I genuinely didn't think we'd be in this this situation 100 didn't didn't feel like it, it would be a possibility for them to end this thing in game five uh the fact that they're there and you know they're they're playing they're playing well they had that one bad game and this team has done that all year long when they do have a bad game they've turned it around uh instantly. So it doesn't surprise me that they played the way that they did in game four. And my God, like this is set up. You couldn't have it set up more perfectly if you're the Avalanche. So yeah, I gotta pick them to win this thing. Um and I think because Kemper had such a good game, I think he carries that over. I think he, you know, he's he's still prone to to give up the the easy goal, like we kind of saw with with Hedman. I thought, you know, that's one they should have had. So I don't think, you know, he's going to be able to shut out the Lightning. They're too good of a team. Uh, but I feel like they are going to ride the wave of this this home ice arena, and they'll get a few early ones and continue on. and And I I agree with Kyle. I think they can get five. But I think they give up three, and I I really just want it to be a comfortable win. I don't want this thing yeah. to where you know Tampa's got the goalie pulled and and our hearts are beating out of our chest. I want a Stanley Cup victory to to clinch it. To just be I can enjoy the last three minutes because they're up by like two or three goals. That's a tough ask, but I do. So I'm going to say five to three on this thing. All right, Dunker. is this going back to Tampa? yeah this is
2: going back to tampa and (laughs) and i was i was saving this for a a a solo show but i was gonna do but i was i was gonna read this off as my cold open so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna start off my statement my prediction by by reading you guys a old irish proverb (laughs) a good beginning is half the work but getting things started is the hardest part and the Lightning have struggled with getting things started throughout this entire season, this entire playoff run. Uh, but when they do get things started, good things happen. Now obviously, fatigue, like I said, for you know, if you're playing a drinking game at home, take another shot. Uh, <laughs> but I think this Tampa team still has a ton of fight in them. Uh, but sure. it all comes down to winning the first five. And, and I, when I said to you guys uh, going into game three uh, was that this team needed to play perfect hockey. Well, this team is going to have to play complete perfect hockey to, to throw this series back to Tampa. And that's why, you know, with the, the level of experience and, and what I said before about Cooper possibly managing shifts, shorter shifts early on. Uh, and, and you saw a lot of great things from Vasilevsky. Uh, In this game So I'm going 2-0 shutout For Vasilevsky
0: uh, Sending the series back to Tampa To die another day he's capable that's the thing he is capable mm. so uh all right we shall see i know uh kyle and i will be doing a show i'm sure you will be as well Just, yeah. you know no, no weekends off when it's a stanley cup final so yeah. uh we'll be back tomorrow kyle and i will be and uh if the avalanche do finish this thing off i think we should even you know we'll, we'll do our own show and then we should still do like one whenever this thing end, ends we will do one final kind of yeah. look back as at as a whole uh, with another final crossover with Adam, whenever that may be. Right. Um, all right. So, uh, thank you for tuning in, everybody, making it your first listen. It's always appreciated. You can follow Kyle and I over at L O P N underscore avalanche on Twitter, locked on avalanche on Instagram, and on YouTube. Just search for locked on avalanche. Where can they find Mr. Denker, Mr. Mixtape, and the Lightning <sighs> Show? Uh, give us a follow
2: on our social media pages at L O underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. Give me a follow on Twitter at Danky Dank D E N K Y uh, D 8 N K. You can find the show on YouTube at locked on lightning. Please go ahead and subscribe. We are two away from 300 subscribers. Go for uh, it. Yeah. Guys are doing And, great. and abs
0: fans. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we've had some abs fans go
2: over. Abs fan. Listen, and, and I, I have, have to say, like you know, the Avs fans night. you 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 guys have really been mingling well with my listeners, you know. Not as nice as the Ranger fans have, but uh They're brutal. but yeah, brutal. They're but brutal. uh yeah. yeah, uh you know, just keep it keep it civil, you know, regardless of who <laughs> wins uh in in game 5. Keep it civil. Uh continue to compliment about how much I look like Nikita Kucherov. <laughs> and um he yeah. He has uh, a much more scruffy beard than you do. Uh, I'm a lot more. more. I have a. I have a lot more enthusiasm in my in my face.
0: (laughs) Well, he's a Uh, hockey
2: player. (laughs) A hockey player, like, yeah, they don't do much for interviews. But uh, no, I. Hopefully, the next time you guys see me on on YouTube or listen to my voice on any audio platform, uh, we'll be talking about uh, the Lightning.
0: Uh, pushing the series to six and uh yeah we shall see see. all right everybody uh enjoy the game it's bound to be another great one uh and we'll all be on our respective shows tomorrow to discuss it thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll see you guys tomorrow